A few times this week, I've mentioned that prospects guru Aram Layton from Just Baseball will be joining the Locked On Blue Jay podcast to talk Toronto Blue Jay farmhands. Well, that day is today. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, want to take a quick second to remind you that every single Toronto Blue Jay game is available to take in on Sirius XM. If you're taking in Locked On Blue Jays today on YouTube, want to thank you for that. Hit that like, uh, leave that comment, hit that subscribe, please, and thank you. And for the everydayers making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day, certainly want to thank you there. Hit that five-star rating, please, and thank you. Don't want to have much ado today. Want to jump right into it. We've been talking a few times this week that an absolute prospects guru, Arm Layton, if, if you've heard Arm before, you know how good he is with his knowledge of baseball. Yes, we, we do talk a few things you know, on the big league level, but mostly we get into Toronto Blue Jay prospects. Let's dive into that conversation. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, absolutely thrilled. We've been talking about this a few times during the week that we're going to have a prospects guru on later on this week. While the later on this week is upon us, it's here. It's Arm Layton. He's in the house. Arm Layton, one of the co-founders of Just Baseball. If you're one of the seven or eight baseball fans that still exist that aren't following Just Baseball, you will be by the end of this segment. I mean, they are absolutely blowing up. Uh, Arm, can't wait to get into some farm hands in the Toronto Blue Jay organization. Talk with you, but uh, first and foremost, of course, welcome to Locked On Blue Jays. Thanks for taking some time today. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate that that awesome intro, man. I, I love what you're doing on the Blue Jays side. I think it's a very exciting time, all things considered. I know it's already been a bit of a roller coaster of a season, <laughs> but what season isn't? Uh, that's what yeah. comes with expectations, and uh, I'm excited to talk farm system with you because. I think there's a lot of diamonds to be mined through here and um, some interesting players kind of making some some statements so far this year. Wow. Well, to say you've piqued my curiosity is putting it mildly, but Arm, I do want to start on the major league level because you're not just a, a prospects guru. You're entrenched in Miami Marlins baseball. So there's a few things on the big league level I want to run past you first and foremost. Now, I was never on board with the John Schneider hiring, in particular, the process. They didn't, Jays didn't even wait till the World Series was over. So the Blue Jays literally didn't even know which candidates would have been interested. There, there was, in my opinion, no process done there. Even if even if you just had to, even, even if you saw things in John Schneider that you, he had to be your manager going forward, A, what things did you see? And B, it's not like other teams were knocking down the door, right? So you could have waited and had a legitimate process for John Schneider and been even further convinced that he was your guy. I thought that I would feel better about things when they added Don Mattingly. Now, longtime Miami Marlin manager Don Mattingly, I thought that he would clean up a lot of things, the lineup decisions, the in-game strategies, the bullpen decisions. Arm, none of it has been on display. None of it has been on display. So I want to throw this to you. You had Don Mattingly as your head honcho there in Miami for several years. From the outside looking in, I'll just admit, I don't know that I, that I saw a lot of player development go on there, but... What did you see from Don Mattingly? What do you think he can bring to the table for the Toronto Blue Jays? It's funny because, you know, I, I when I saw Don go to Toronto, I thought, okay, in this role, this is perfect because mm. I was thinking the opposite side. Don, first of all, one of the nicest guys I've interacted with in professional baseball. I know fans don't care about that. Like, Oh, yeah, no, let's great. win some ball games, but really a phenomenal human being. So I wanted to preface with that. Such a good dude when I was a young kid, first on, on the beat there and doing things. But awesome. also – the team loves him. So any team that, that he's, you know, working with, 
player. He's a player's manager for sure. And I think he is really good when it comes to getting guys to buy in. I think keeping the energy right and, and keeping people positive in the clubhouse. I think the Marlins ran into some issues at the end there. That was just above his pay grade, but he helped the Marlins through a lot of really brutal mm. years, kept his head up through some really bad rosters. Where I thought he came up short was actually the lineup construction and the in-game uh -huh. decisions. So I figured, okay, we see this guy go to Toronto. I didn't know much about the hiring there in regards to, you know, whether there was something the Blue Jays liked better about Schneider. I didn't get too deep into it. I said, okay, they obviously, that's their guy. They didn't waste any time, like you said. So I figured Mattingly would be that vet that could kind of help him, you know, keep the clubhouse intact, kind of just show him the ropes about how to manage a group of mm -hmm. you know, millionaire men who, yeah. uh, especially on this team, a lot of stars, a lot of young stars. And I think Mattingly is great for that. When it comes to in-game management, that was one of the more frustrating things to watch with Don mm. Mattingly. I think that echoes – you get the same sentiment from, you know, L.A. And, you know, with the lineups, I try to cut him some slack because there's only so many ways that you can put a lineup together with some of those teams that the Marlins had. Like, there was no good lineup with some of those teams, but there was some frustration, I know, amongst fans there. So, I think he's great for the human side. I think he's great for the clubhouse side. And, of course, you know, for all the little things that come with being a Major League Baseball player and managing egos – but Schneider's got to hold up his end of the bargain when yeah. it comes to the decision-making and, and in-game decision-making. And the Toronto Blue Jays uh, tonight, uh, as, as you and I tape this, it's the uh, Tuesday night. The Blue Jays are about to embark on a very difficult nine-game road trip. Nine games in nine days in three different cities. Games huh. seven, eight, and nine are in Miami against your Marlins. And Aram, all three, all three opponents on this road trip for the Blue Jays playoff teams currently, the Baltimore Orioles, the Texas Rangers, and – and no need to check your notes, folks, uh, sitting at home. I can absolutely confirm for you. The Miami Marlins are currently <laughs> in a playoff spot. Yeah. Arm, it looks like pitching-wise, it looks like it'll be Barrios, Kokuchi, and then a bullpen day. And for the Marlins, it looks like, if I've mathed this correctly, and yes, I realize I just made up a term there. If I've mathed this correctly, then it looks like it'll be a, a, a Cabrera, Yuri Perez, and then Sandy now. Sandy's not hasn't been Sandy this season. I get it. It could be worse, Arm, because our Sandy – Alec Manoa is not even in baseball right now, so yeah. it could be worse. But Sandy, I mean, hasn't been Sandy, but am I concerned about that game? I've absolutely, of course I am. But I want to get your thoughts, Arm. Let, let the Blue Jay fan base know, what are we in for here with Cabrera? And in particular, how about this Yuri Perez? How about this skyscraper 6'9 beast of a man-child we'll be seeing Yuri Perez, Arm? How about this kid? Oh my gosh. I mean, he was our top <laughs> pitching prospect in baseball going into this year. He's He's been a guy that you know we've been really high on since he was you know, 18 years old and I caught him on the backfields, you know, down there in South Florida. Yeah. He, he's a really, really special talent. And you, this might be one of the last starts we see for a little bit uh, of Yuri Perez at the big league level because they got to figure out how to manage his innings. The one mm -hmm. thing with him is he's never thrown more than 80 or so innings in a season. So they want to be very careful with him. It wasn't really the plan for him to get up this early, but, you know, attrition of the rotation, Cueto going down, Rogers going down. He's had to step up and get in there. What you're going to see is something you've probably not seen much of. Jeez. A 6'8 right-hander that can locate four pitches when he's on and touch the upper 90s. He's a special, special Man. talent. With Cabrera, it's he, he can show you flashes of that, but he can also show you the other end. I think he's one of the most volatile pitchers in the game right now. That can be good because when he's on, he's dominant. But when he's off, there's a wide range of outcomes here. He's looked better as of late against some weaker lineups, but it's all about you know letting Edward Cabrera throw strikes. You don't want to expand the zone against that guy. If he starts to lose his command, you, you can really let him kind of just beat himself there. But when he's locked in, 
he can he can shut down any lineup. So it'll be really interesting. I think Edward will kind of set the tone for the series. I feel confident that Yuri can provide a quality start. And then Sandy's looked better. I, I do think that hmm. for the Blue Jays, it's kind of taking care of Edward Cabrera and making sure he's on the other end of the spectrum and, and, and the start that he gets. Because I know that he's going to be feeling like that's a tough matchup for him against a really good Blue Jays lineup. It's a great segue as well, because you mentioned the Marlins will be looking to monitor Yuri Perez's innings. The Blue Jays thought, maybe hoped, I should say, they'd be in that similar situation with, let's get into some minor league guys now, be in that situation with Ricky Tiedemann. Now, of course, not the case. Now, Aram, I'm dreaming big here. So you say, hey, I like what you're on, where you're going there, Craig, or you say, oh my gosh, hey, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, no chance. I'm thinking, could this be for Tiedemann? I want to get your overall thoughts on him, but for 2023 in particular, could this be, from the Blue Jays' standpoint, blessing in disguise? Could, this is no wear and tear on his arm now, innings-wise. Could he be an arm they add to this bullpen late in the season? I think it's very possible. You know, it's one of those situations, too, where, you know, every team has a little bit of a different philosophy. But you mentioned kind of some of the flare-ups Tiedemann's had. It's like a biceps thing. You know, maybe it's a little bit of a shoulder attachment thing, but it's it, nothing that's been anything that you're like, oh no, like I'm hoping to avoid anything tragic. Like it's just been just kind of flare ups here and there. And as you mentioned, that kind of manages his innings. Tiedemann, similar to Yuri, a guy that has not really built up a ton. We thought this might be the year where he builds up. They're obviously going to be careful with him and, and take their time getting him back. So if you're a team in win now mode, Ricky Tiedemann is talented enough to be a left-handed arm out of your bullpen. And okay. that doesn't stunt his growth. That doesn't hurt him in any way. I actually think it could help him. He's already been a guy that, you know, for the most part, he started to go a little bit deeper in spots last year, but he's mostly been a three, four, sometimes five inning guy. I don't think it's totally going to change. Some guys are not totally comfortable coming out of the bullpen. I've talked about that on our prospect podcast, the call up and a little bit on, on the just baseball show with, with some vets that had to do it early on. But I think somebody like Tiedemann would be fine with it. And with him, you know, it, it's, it's, one of those things where, okay, I don't need to worry about my feel for the secondaries because he could come in, he's a left-hander, touches upper 90s, and just blow it by guys hmm. in a one- or two-inning spurt. Uh, I definitely think he can be a reinforcement for this Blue Jays bullpen, if if healthy, um, and still get his development in for a few months here of working as a starting pitcher once he's you know fully feeling right and rolling again. Uh, but I definitely think he could get big leaguers out now with the fastball-slider combination which that slider is is just disgusting. Coming up on Locked on Blue Jays podcast, we get into more Toronto Blue Jay prospects like Addison Barger, the Arelvis Martinez's of the world, the Brandon Barreras, the, the Hayden Yingers, the, the Dasan Browns, oh boy, and more, right? And more, yes. Now, reminder, you can catch all the Toronto Blue Jay games on SiriusXM and reminder that Game Time is the fastest growing ticket app in the country and it's for a reason. The reason being, it's awesome. I'm attesting to it. I've used it a few times and will continue to use it, for, especially for Toronto Blue Jay games this season. You get great deals. It includes last-minute deals for any sports, music, comedy, theater, event. I mean, you name it, near you. Game Time has a lowest price guarantee, which is where if you find seats in the section or in the same section and roll for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's awesome. Now, forget planning months in advance as Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And the to buy the tickets, it's literally, it's two clicks and you're all set. Plus, the tickets come right to your phone for that ease of use. So there's no digging through your emails, nothing along those lines. You just show your ticket taker your phone <laughs> and you're in. You can stop stressing and start getting excited about the fun you're going to have. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. 
Terms apply. Now, again, create an account, redeem the code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah. Ricky T was the only Toronto Blue Jay in the Just Baseball Top 100 prospects now at, at coming into 2023. As we've seen two and a half months now of 2023, anybody based on performance arm do you think would now be in that top 100 joining Ricky T? So based on performance would probably be the 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 wrong answer because of, of who I'm going to give here. Uh, but Addison Barger, you know, was a just Ooh. missed going into the year. Um, like he was right on the cusp. I got to see him in the Arizona Fall League. I was impressed with just the batting practice. I mean, the raw power, uh, the way he carries himself, the way he goes about his business. Obviously, it's a loud swing. There's a mm -hmm. lot of movement, but he times up the movements well. He's an athletic hitter and he makes it work. Um, we're going to have 30 guys graduate in our update. So you imagine those 30 spots. So yeah. while Barger didn't necessarily do anything to, to earn a spot because he's been banged up, he's about to come back. He just made a couple of rehab appearances in the ACL. So should be back soon. That's someone who could enter the list. I don't know if there's anybody that will push their way in necessarily. Leo Jimenez though, I think is, Ooh. is a serious consideration. Um, I find myself higher on Leo Jimenez, I think than than most in the industry, but I think he's, you know, just outside in that 50 to 55. You know, I think most of our top 100 guys are a 55 future value guy. Leo Jimenez to me is right at the, at the 50 mark. He just turned 22. He's a phenomenal bat to ball guy. His approach has gotten better. I think people really sleep on how hard he hits the baseball and now he's hitting it in the air more. He's been really hot of late. Leo Jimenez, I think is, is the most underrated prospect in the system. And um, wow. I, I think that's a guy that could play his way, maybe not in this update, but by the end of the year into top 100 consideration. You just blew my mind on that one. Arm, consider me in the camp that's been sleeping on him then because I didn't have him pegged that high. If, if that's how you're seeing him, then that going forward is how I'm seeing him. That's very exciting, actually, to hear about uh, him and his there. That is awesome. Now, you mentioned Barger. The Blue Jays at the end of the season, Chapman a free agent, Whit Merrifield a free agent. Chapman is a Scott Boris client, so you know he's looking for, what, a 30-, 40-year contract? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Whit Merrifield very likely heading back to the States. So there's two infield spots opening up. Now, I've long maintained that Barger and Aralvis Martinez need infield spots next season. Do you see – we'll get to Aralvis in a moment here, but do you see it that simple arm that Barger's going to slide into one of those infield spots as early as next season for the Blue Jays? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because Barger defensively, you know, I don't think he's he's you know bad by any means, but you look at an everyday shortstop. I don't know if Barger's a guy that's gonna give you a ton of value there, especially now with the elbow issue. We'll see how the arm comes back, but I like him at second, maybe at third, the bat profile as well there. Or Elvis Martinez, that's a guy that's playing his way. I should have answered with him. I was kind of saving him for almost an entire uh, little yeah, bit there. We but could. I'm loving I'll, him, no, man. I'll, I'll, I'll add on to him here. One of my favorite guys to bounce things off of in the industry, and I love to talk to him, and he's he's out and about all the time. I'm sure you just saw recently. Jeff Ponce of Baseball America was just out watching Aurelvis Martinez, and he was texting me just such glowing reviews. And obviously, wow. Aurelvis was was a frustrating watch over the last yeah. couple of years because of you see the talent, and then you see the approach just really doing him in, expanding the zone, kind of selling out for the pull side power, but. Arelvis looks a lot better this year. And, and again, I got to credit Jeff for really encouraging me to dive back in. And it, he's a prospect fatigue, uh, I, I would say, wow. victim here because 21 years old, it feels like we've been talking about Arelvis yeah. Martinez Good for three call. or four years. Yeah. And I feel like guys like that slide off the radar a little bit too quickly. And, you know, we almost doubt their bounce back in some ways. But you look at the way he's been swinging the bat. You know how hard he hits the baseball. The approach, the chase rate has been cut down. His last 35 games, 
He has an OPS over a thousand. But the big thing beyond that is it's it's not just the home runs. It's mm-hmm. more singles. It's more doubles. It's more walks. Over that span, he's walking twelve percent of the time. I haven't, you know, I haven't searched every game he's played, but I'd venture to say that Orelvis Martinez has not had a 35 game stretch of his entire professional career yeah. where he has walked 12% of the time. Very literally. And the defense, I think, is is a little bit better than maybe I would have thought it would have been. Um, he's probably a third base kind of profile too, but I do think he can play an average shortstop. I think Orelvis is really making the case to, to hold down an infield spot next year too. And then a barger, absolutely. It's really about the bat for him, and then you'll just find a spot. But I think Martinez more likely to play every day short. I love that call about the uh, the, the fatigue right here in this in this very fan base. That's the Nate Pearson story. I mean, mm-hmm. people, Toronto Blue Jay fans, for it seems like for years we've been talking about, could this be the year Nate contributes? Could this be the year Nate contributes? So a lot of fans left that camp of of hoping Nate Pearson was going to contribute, but the ones to, that held on are really seeing some dividends this season. Because, Arm, what a crapshoot this is. I mean, in any line of business you're in, not everybody's going to learn that line of business the same way, right, on the same path. It's not There's nothing linear about it, right? So I love the points you're making there. Now, speaking of nothing linear, who that – where, where on earth has David Schneider come from? Who, who's, whose radar has, has he been on? And all of a sudden, an absolute explosion. Who is it? Uh, Nathan Lucas led the, the Buffalo Bisons in AAA last season with home runs with 11. He led the team with 11. David Schneider sitting there with 14 already right now as we speak in the middle of June. Are you kidding me right now? What, what can you tell us about this guy, Arm? Does this guy have a future on the big league level? I'm I'm buying what, what David wow. Schneider is selling right now. I'll tell you that. So he has made some adjustments as well. And he he's a good athlete. And you look at the numbers through the minor leagues. This is one of those guys that I think flies under the radar because he's a later draft pick, doesn't light the world on fire, but consistently puts up above average numbers and climbs, but you know, just doesn't really play his way onto anybody's radar. But then once you put up above average numbers in triple A, people start to pay attention. But uh-huh. the difference is he's doing way more than that, as you set the scene there with some of the numbers. The data backs it up too. a four mile per hour jump in 90th percentile exit velocity. And that, that's a big thing that we look at for power because it's not just how much power do you have? It's how frequently are you getting yeah. to that top 10 percent power? And what does it look like? You know, it's one thing to flash that 113 mile an hour homer. But if you do it once every 30 games, not really that great. Schneider's getting into above average power way more consistently. He ditched his former timing mechanism for a toe tap. And that's kind of helped him stay back. He really feels good with that. I, from what I've heard, that was something that really helped him. Wow. And we're seeing everything else now shine through. He's always been a guy with a great approach, only a 19% chase rate, good back-to-ball skills, good contact rates. And he's hitting the ball in the air. So this is this is a legitimate power uptick from Schneider. He can run. He can play multiple spots. They've had him at left. They've had him at second. Uh, they've had him kind of all over. And he's still just 24 years old. Also a great dude, good makeup. I, I really think Schneider could be a solid kind of utility piece that I think utility has a little bit of a negative connotation. He could hit enough to be a regular, but I think he, he could be that utility speed piece that you know can do a lot of different things for you and provides a lot of value for you on, on that roster. It's funny, Arm, because you mentioned every time I've seen him play, he's been at second base or left field. So in my mind, it just seems to me at the end of the season, Whit Merrifield out, yeah, David Schneider in. That's the right. exact same thing they're asking Whit Merrifield to do. And utility is not a four-letter word in Toronto because that's how you would describe Whit Merrifield. And he's the Blue Jays' X Factor this year, Arm. So you're speaking to one of the fan bases who embrace the utility aspect <laughs> of yeah. a player. So that's not a four-letter word around here. Now, the I want to get into some uh, the, that the Blue Jays' outfield, that Dalton Varsho trade. At the very least, Arm, I understood 
the Dalton Varshow trade. The I, I have a lot of praise for Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, what they've done with the Toronto Blue Jays. I think it's the first regime that's 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 built a sustainable contender. So I'm appreciative of that. The the one cupboard that's bare, the starting pitching, hopefully Barrera and Tiedemann and, and Manoa, was, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Barrera in a moment here. Hopefully, the, you know, the, the, there's going to be something there. But the young, controllable outfielder to come on the big league level, young with that controllable contract, that, that, that cupboard is completely bare in the Shapiro and Atkins era. So I understand why you why you trade Moreno for a Dalton Varshow, mm-hmm. 26, about to enter his, hopefully about to enter his prime, and he's and he's controllable contractually. That left-handed bat, sensational defensively, and it has that upside. So I did, I did understand it. So, you know, early returns favor Arizona. So I do want yeah. to get to some Blue Jay outfielders in the minors, but Arm, I know that you've had eyes on Dalton Varshow for a long time. So yeah. talk to the Blue Jay fan base here. Have we seen what we've seen from Dalton Varshow, which is a guy who's going to hit occasionally, but give you elite defense? Or do you think this bat plays a little bit more than what we've seen? I do think it plays more than what we've seen. And I'll tell you, like, it's so funny now, especially working in media now, because we, we are we're always commenting on trades and moves and who won what sure. and, and all of these different things. And I, I look back at last year, how fluid so many different trades where you ask us one month, you could say, oh, wow, yeah, X team is really making out well. And then five, six months later, you could say, oh, wow, Y team's really making out wow, well. Yeah. I mean, you could even look at the the Jared Kelnick trade with you know Edwin Diaz and, of course, Robinson Cano. The amount of times that that's gone from like the worst <laughs> trade ever for the Mets yeah. to then fantastic trade to now kind of bad to kind of even like it's so fluid and when you're acquiring a player of control and remember this is a trade for both teams for the diamondbacks and for for the blue jays as you mentioned it's all about control for both sides this is a trade of a half decade that we can't really analyze it i know we want to win now as as a blue jays fan i know you would want to win now but i i do think over the course of this contract over the course of Dalton Varshow's control, which they can also leverage that into an extension if if they end up being more encouraged by what they're seeing, I do think he's going to provide a ton of value. We already are seeing, and, and this is the thing, I don't think he'll be worse than he is right now offensively, and you're still getting the value that you get with you know the glove and at least running into some baseballs here and there. I do think he's been unlucky. You look at the you know ex-Woba versus the Woba, he's been unlucky, he hits the ball hard, his mm-hmm. BABIP is incredibly low. Um, you know, there's an adjustment period to, to seeing a lot of pitchers that he had never seen, uh, mostly playing, obviously, on almost the opposite end of the spectrum, being in the National League West, now going to the American League East. I think there's a lot of moving parts here. There's the pressures of, you know, being in this big deal and and being kind of one of those guys that they're expecting to make a difference. But I really do believe that Varsho will kind of figure it out and get rolling relatively soon. He, he hits the ball so hard. He's got a pretty good approach. He's such a talented player. Um I, I'd be shocked if Varsho doesn't get things rolling and, and finish pretty strong in the second half. Now, as far as the outfielders in the organization, boy, you, you could help me feel better about Gabriel Martinez. I'll tell you that. I'm not super high on him. Uh, Desan no. Brown, I could see a future there. Emmanuel Benia, I'm man, come on, come on, come on. I'm really hoping, right? Really, really, really hoping. That's, I mean, is there an outfielder in the system th- that I'm missing arm? Who, who are you most excited about in the outfield coming through this Jay system? Yeah, the outfield's tough. I, I would mm. say Bonilla. You know, uh, that was that was the the guy that obviously you shell out four million dollars. Uh, you, you see the the swing, how simple it is, and how much power he's already able to generate at his age, and uh, you know what what he could potentially be in the box. That's somebody that I think you're you're you got to be most excited about, especially because he has not 
shown to struggle yet. Obviously, he has not really played much. Uh, he's off to what a three for nineteen or whatever it is. Yeah. I, that's fine. three for seventeen. Yeah, yeah, it just started. Yeah, like take, it'll it, it'll take some time. He will get comfortable. I'm not looking at the numbers with him. I think the swings looked really good, and I think he's going to get there. Um, with the other guys, you know, with Brown and Martinez, I, I, Martinez is a guy that I, I don't really see anything that that I can lean on and say, okay, um, that could carry him. You know, you, you'd expect higher exit velocities for, for, you know, what you're kind of not getting in terms of the bat to ball department um, or the other way where he's not mm. giving you as much power as you'd like. You'd expect a little bit more in the bat to ball department. He's kind of deficient across the board so far this year. It's still early for him. So, you know, I wouldn't, you know, say that he's cooked or anything like that, but it's definitely been discouraging so far. I think Brown, you can see the tools shine through in the game a little bit more, but it, there's definitely a lot of concerns around the hit tool there. I think if I had to buy stock in one of these three guys, it would definitely be Bonilla because I, there might be more flags, red flags that present themselves, but right now there, there's just too many flags on the other guys. Uh, and I think Bonilla has a lot more upside uh, in terms of what he can do with the stick. Arm Layton dropping knowledge left, right, and center here with Just Baseball. We're talking Blue Jay farm hands. Last two we'll talk about here on the mound. The Blue Jays go Ricky Tiedemann, number one, in 2021. They go Brandon Barrera, number one, in 2022. There's a couple of uh, hopefully big-time lefties to sandwich around Alec Manoa going forward. At least that was my daydream arm. And, of course, each the each of the lefties have had injuries. Alec Manoa currently not even in baseball right now. So, Arm, get that dream of mine back on track. I, I know it's hard to prognosticate about Manoa, and, and you, you've you've glowed about Tiedemann, but Brandon Barrera, what do we see there? Got to like the fastball, got to like the slider. And, Arm, I'm going to say right now, if this guy ever finds someone along the way that's a changeup guru, like if he ever gets an awesome changeup to go with these other two pitches, then consider me extremely excited. A hundred percent. This was one of my favorite arms in the draft. I thought this was wow. one of the better picks. And if you ask Brandon Ferriera, if you ask him, um, he, he was the steal of the draft, right? I, I love the confidence that he has there. And uh, South Florida kid. So that's where I'm born and raised. Actually, my my high school coach was his one of his summer ball coaches. So, you know, I'd been wow. hearing about him even before the draft. And and my high school coach kept texting me, look out for this kid, look out for this kid, look out for this kid. He's got something special. So I he says nothing but great things about the work ethic, the confidence, that that bulldog mentality on the mound. He's up to 98. Yeah. yeah and I think, is that I think crazy? We, we saw the velo a little bit sporadic before you know they shut him down. It, it was again purely precaution from everything I understand. But this is a 19-year-old lefty, young 19, by the way, 19 and three months, that's up to 98. The slider is is, you know, I think that's like some. Uh, pitching ninja type stuff. And again, if the changeup is even average, which he yeah. started to mix a couple in before, before, you know, going down, um, he's trying it. If it's even average, mm -hmm. he's a, he could be a, an absolute weapon, but I think the fastball and slider have the potential to be good enough that he can pretty much climb quickly with those two pitches. I, I, it's all about health, but when it comes to, to raw arm talent, this guy I thought was the best option for them, given that they needed to inject some upside, in the pitching department in this system. Uh, and they were able to get, I think, as much upside. I don't know if there was any more upside available at that point in the draft than Brandon Barrera there. So I really liked that pick. And as long as he's healthy, this dude's electric. And I think a lot of people are going to start to uh, you know, turn heads and, and see what he can do on the mound. Love it. Absolutely love it. And finally... Hayden Yinger. Now, is this a do you, do you see him as a closer of the future going forward for the Toronto Blue Jays, or or, or what do you see? Do, 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 you, do you even how do you even feel about this young man? 
so I think he's a big league arm. I'm trying to figure out in what what capacity mm. because he's he's had an interesting year so far where it started kind of slow. He was throwing the changeup more than the slider, and the changeup was getting destroyed. And he just wasn't throwing it for a strike consistently at all. Over the last handful of outings, and specifically over, I think, over the last 10 to 15, he has now used that slider in favor of the changeup, and the slider has been really good. I mean, he's been picking up a lot more whiffs, uh, a lot more weak, weak batted balls and, and foul balls and just getting ahead of hitters with it, even, even leading the count with that. The fastball is good in the mid-90s, and I, I do think that guys were just hunting the fastball because they weren't worried about the changeup, and he wasn't mixing that you know, 89 to 91-mile-an-hour to slider enough. That slider should make him a big league arm. I do think it's most likely as a reliever, but he has the capability of being that multi-inning reliever uh, mm-hmm. to, that can give you two innings uh, when you need it, um, maybe give you that opener opportunity where he can give you two to three innings. Uh, and we, we, he's a totally different pitcher than him, but Trevor Richards has kind of served that role interestingly. And yeah. I do think that the fastball slider combination uh, can at least allow him to, to be that swingman type. But I could also see him developing into a higher leverage arm. He's still only 22. His fastball could tick up. We, we see guys see their fastball tick up all the time when they get to 23, 24. If he ticks up one more tick, he's more 95, 96, touching 97. With that that could slider. be a high leverage arm with the slider. Yeah. So there, there's some interesting stuff there. I definitely think he's a, a big league arm in some capacity. Arm Layton, you see his Twitter handle on the page there. But Arm, tell the good people where they can follow your, your baseball work as well. Absolutely. I mean, the two podcasts, uh, if you want more prospect analysis, we'll definitely be breaking down the Blue Jay system in the next month or so. We're going through all of our team top prospect lists. But the call up is our prospect podcast. Always doing stuff there, interviewing prospects. I'm going to try to get David Schneider on relatively soon, actually. Hello. Uh, and then the Just Baseball show is our, our you know MLB podcast. We talk about everything on there. And then, of course, you can keep up with everything you need to know about baseball from all the different areas from minor leagues, major leagues, and everything in between on justbaseball.com on our website there, uh, where we are churning out articles every single day on all facets of the game and, and really excited about the growth we've had there. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Arm. This was great. Thanks so much for having me. That's a wrap for Wednesday's Locked On Blue Jays. Hope you enjoyed that convo with Arm Layton. I thought he was dropping all kinds of gems on us there. Check out the Jays and Orioles tonight on Sirius XM. And for tomorrow's episode, it's going to be posted a little later in the day than usual, but for good reason, as I'm taping with Canadian World Series and Toronto Blue Jay champion Rob Butler Thursday morning for some throwback Thursday Blue Jays goodness. I'll have that up and running Thursday as soon as I can, likely around midday. Now go Jays, go and enjoy your Wednesday.